0: Welcome to season six of the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. This season of the podcast is devoted to the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus teaches his people about life in the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't forbid just coveting, he doesn't say, But I say unto you, any man who lusts or covets is guilty. What he says is, any man who looks, Jesus is going after a certain kind of looking. Looking. Now let's talk about looking. The literal translation here is, anyone who looks toward covetousness. The word toward in this context can mean one of two things. It can either mean for the purpose of, or with the outcome of. So what kind of looking is? As Jesus talking about here, he's saying any man who looks for the purpose of stimulating desire, stimulating covetousness, or any man who looks with the result of stimulating covetousness is guilty of adultery. And it's tough to say which of those is really in mind, and really the, in practical terms it ends up meaning pretty much the same thing either way. You look at a woman in such a way that stimulates desire. Usually we think of a lustful look as the kind of look that is designed to satisfy desire that's already there. You have some desire, and so you look in order to satisfy that desire. You look in a way that indulges your desire. What Jesus is talking about here is prior to that. Before the desire is even there, before the lust is even there, you look at her in such a way that results in the awakening of that desire. Even that kind of looking is adulterous. It's adultery because... It's part of sex. That's what adultery means. And we, we need to talk about this because I think, a, I think a lot of women tend to be kind of naive in this area. Um, it's hard for a woman to understand because of the... And we'll talk next time, I, I, we'll plan on talking about uh, modesty and, and how this impacts women. But I think it's hard for some women to understand the visual aspect of marital love because it's a lot different for women than it is for men, by God's design, it plays some role for women too, the visual, but I think for most women, they don't have any idea how much pleasure is involved for the man through the eye gate, and how much of a role the visual part uh, God designed to play uh, for the man when it comes to lovemaking. If you read through the Song of Songs, it's obvious that the visual is a major part of God's design. Three times the man describes her body from head to toe in very explicit descriptions. And that's part of God's design for marital intimacy, and it's a crucial part of lovemaking. Uh, looking is, is one of the main ways God designed for men to enjoy their wives sexually. And, and I think, while I said a lot of women are naive in that area, I think they're not completely naive on the one hand, they seem to be unaware of this based on the fact that they don't put a whole lot of effort very often into seducing their husbands visually, a lot of women, or working on trying to satisfy this part of his God-given sexual appetites, which makes it seem like they don't re- they're not they naive and they don't realize that this is part of married love. But on the other hand, I think deep down, all women understand something about the role that looking Plays in the whole process, and the reason I say that is because of, of what happens when a wife catches her husband gazing at another woman's body. <laughs> Suddenly, then she knows. Wait a second. That's for me. Woman sees her husband doing that, whether it be a photograph of pornography or a woman in person, and you find, you know, you find your husband seeking visual enjoyment of another woman's body and you feel angry, you feel hurt, you feel betrayed, you feel belittled. Why? Why are you so upset when that happens? You're upset because you know deep down intuitively that kind of looking, that kind of activity from your husband's eyes is something that belongs to you and to you alone. And you know that. It's something you want and it's something that belongs exclusively to you and to nobody else. Now, let's think about that for a minute. Why is that? Why are you jealous about... Why, you're not jealous about the way he gazes at some spectacular sunset, right? That's okay. Doesn't bother you when he's wide-eyed over some amazing athletic feat that he sees. You don't get angry if he's gazing longingly at his steak dinner. But the look of desire directed at the female body, when he gives that to anyone but you, that's something that hurts you because you know intuitively that that kind of looking belongs to you alone as his wife. Why? Why does it belong to you alone? It belongs to you alone because it belongs within marriage because it's part of sex. His handshakes don't belong to you alone. He can spread those around all he wants. That's fine. There are plenty of things he can do with other people that don't make you jealous, but that that kind of looking is for you alone because it's part of marital intimacy, and that's why you feel betrayed when he gives it to another woman. And that's why Jesus calls it adultery here. You see, this is not a metaphor. It's literal adultery. Is it as... Severe as having intercourse with a woman? No. Does it have the same consequences as having intercourse? No. Is it the same sin? Yes. It's the same sin. Just as hostile anger has, has the same DNA as murder, and so it's the same sin. So looking at a woman lustfully in this way has the same DNA as sleeping with her. It's the exact same sin. It's just an earlier stage of development. Just as your body belongs to your wife... So do your eyes belong to your wife. Your desire creating kinds of looks belongs to your wife. First Corinthians seven four. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband, in the same way husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. That's not just that principle is not restricted just to your physical body. It's talking about every part of you that's involved with the act of sexual intimacy, including your eyes. Looking in a way that generates, stimulates, results in desire is something that you owe your spouse and your spouse alone. And that's why Jesus speaks here not just of the act of unfaithful looking, but also to the motive, not just the act, but the motive for why you look. It's wrong to look for the purpose of stimulating desire. The intention itself is unfaithfulness. You've been unfaithful to your wife, even if the intention is, even if you don't succeed. You're flipping through the channels, you're watching TV, you're, you're, you're paging through some magazine, clicking a link online, whatever you're doing, and you're just kind of browsing around, you're telling yourself, ah, I'm just curious to know what's on, what's out there. Secretly, though, you're just kind of hoping that maybe uh, an impure image will, kind of a risque image will pop up, be on the screen there and something racy, and, and you'll be innocent because you weren't looking for that. You're just flipping through. You're walking down the street. You see a woman out of the corner of your eye. Looks like she might be somewhat exposed. And so you turn your eyes in that direction. That, what, are you, what are you hoping? To, what is your soul hoping it might see? And <clears throat> if you don't see anything, the thing that your soul was secretly hoping to see, you pat yourself on the back for not having looked at anything bad? Jesus is saying the moment you look with that intention, looking in order to lust, you've already committed adultery. So, let's get back to the question of exactly when you cross the line. When do you cross the line from looking at a beautiful woman to where you cross into sinful looking at a beautiful woman? When is it? When is the look sinful? Clearly, the look is sinful anytime it's an act of sexual enjoyment, right? And a, a man sees an attractive woman and uses his imagination to picture her, that same view of her, except without the clothes. That kind of thing, obviously, that's, that's a lustful look, um, which is a huge problem. Most beautiful thing God ever created in the physical world is the female body, and seeing it. Can bring such intense pleasure to the man that there is powerful temptation to use imagination to remove whatever is getting in the way of seeing it. Which is why pornography is a $97 billion industry. That's bigger than Amazon, eBay, Yahoo, Apple, Netflix, Microsoft, and Google all combined. If you decide to view all the pornographic web pages on the internet, and they're creating them every every minute, but even if they stopped creating them, you just viewed the ones that are in existence right now, and you spent 30 seconds on each page and kept going 12 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, it would take you 800 years to look at them all. We're in a sex-mad culture. and And the really staggering thing is that None of these statistics include the porn that our society doesn't even classify as porn. You can rent an R-rated movie that shows all kinds of close-ups of full frontal nudity, sex, sexual contexts, and it's not even classified. It's not even classified as soft-core porn in our culture. Not long ago, those movies would be rated X. Now they're not even classified as porn, as porn, porn at all. The norms of our culture are not the standard for us. The standard for us is what Jesus is teaching here, which is this. If it's wrong to do, then it's wrong to imagine. If you're ever asking yourself, is this okay? Am I over the line? Just say, if it's wrong to do, if it's wrong to imagine, it's wrong to do. Would it be sinful for you to meet a woman in a hotel and watch her undress in person? Well, of course, that would be adulterous. Well, then it's wrong to imagine, Sometimes people say, well, it's not even a real woman, just ink on a page. doesn't matter, even if there's no image at all. if it, Anything you do to excite that lust, that desire, is adulterous, even if it takes 100, place 100% in your mind. And so any action you engage in that will start that process up in your affections is adulterous. So, so, so any kind of sexual enjoyment of someone that you're not married to is sin, whether it's with your body or with your eyes or with your mind. Most men have spent a lot of energy trying to justify the way they look at women. This is okay. This isn't really lust. It's just it's a, it's, I'm just enjoying beauty, whatever. Take a moment to strip away all the rationalizations and apply this standard from this text. Is there a kind of looking at women that you have justified in your mind that doesn't pass the test of this passage? You're glancing over at the margin of Facebook on that ad or the sports page or whatever where there's some kind of risque images and you've got it justified one way or the other because it's not this or it's not that, movies, TV, whatever. Is there any kind of looking that you regularly engage in that really is for the purpose of enjoying that woman sexually with your eyes or stimulating desire? If so, repent and think through how you can get that out of your life. And ladies, a question for you. If you're married, you probably take this principle seriously when you see your husband gawking at another woman. But do you take it seriously in the way that you love your husband, understanding how important the visual aspect is in your lovemaking? might be worth giving some thought to and talking to your husband about Now tomorrow we're going to talk about how you can break this command without any kind of sexual look at all. There is a kind of looking that violates this principle that Jesus is teaching that isn't even sexual. So be sure to tune in next time. Thank you for listening. We pray that in this series your life will be transformed by the soaring ethics, deep insights, and glorious promises of the Sermon on the Mount. We are crowd-funded ministry, so if you would like this podcast to continue, please consider supporting us with a tax-deductible gift. Just go to treasuringgod.com and click on Give. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.